God, Lee, my voice just sounds amazing right now. Shut up, I can dude. hear it. Hey, guys, it's Colby Huth. And let me hear you scream. The summer camp director at Camp Joye. Camp Joye. Camp Joye. To try out the Aroma of Christ podcast. 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 Brand new banger. Banger. The Aroma of Christ. It's called Aroma of Christ. Did I um did I tell y'all about whenever I got my first tattooed? What the guy that I went with got? What did he get? Oh my gosh, dude! So I got the cross on my arm, but like the guy that I went with, he got he put got milk. Like remember got the got milk. milk thing that was being advertised years ago? He put got milk on his peck, and it's huge. It's not even like small. Like that's on his body for the rest <laughs> of his life. Can you imagine whenever he's a grandpa and he's at the beach with his grandkids? <laughs> no, dude. Every every day he, like, <laughs> he got milk. Every every morning he looks in the mirror and he's like, "Oh no!" And then he like <laughs> he forgets he it's there. Yeah. Okay. Smash. Anyway, anyways, let's get let's get back to the podcast before our time runs out. All right, what is up, guys? We are Aroma Christ. I'm here with Dalton. Say hi. Hi. And Marcus. Hello. Today's episode is basically about God's love and. It's a parable about the prodigal son. And by the way, before we get started, so I just wanted to quickly give the definition of prodigal because like I've heard this story a million times in my life and I found out today at 21 years old what prodigal actually means. So prodigal is basically just uh, describing someone that spends a lot of money recklessly. So the prodigal son, basically, it's describing him as someone who spends money recklessly. Yeah. And you're going to see what happens. So basically, the prodigal son, if you want to read it, it's in Luke 15. And it's basically about a father who has two sons, one younger one and one older one. And the younger one, just out of nowhere, asked for his inheritance. And to put you in perspective, like, the inheritance, you don't give the inheritance until the father or mother is dead or, like, mentally unstable or anything like that mentally unstable is that when the inheritance comes i don't mom, know mom you are acting crazy right now yeah give me my I'm money a, i'm gonna need to get that inheritance right now dude the voices yeah. are coming back the voice mom it seems like the voices are coming back i'm gonna need that inheritance money <laughs> right now i'm talking but to yeah. our lawyers but yeah so it's when whenever the father dies so it's extremely disrespectful for like this younger son to ask for his inheritance but either way, he does it, and he decides to leave his home after he has it and go do what any kid does. You know, you know what? Yeah, Get... he like spent it like on wild, on wild living. He spent it on wild living. Yeah, let's put it like that. <laughs> I think that's the way the Bible describes it too. Yeah, he went out and got drunk, wasted, got bought, probably spent it on girls and a bunch of parties and things like that. Things yeah. that you shouldn't be spending it on. Things that don't please Jesus. Things that didn't please his dad. Or himself in the later future. Or himself in the later future. He regretted it all, all of this later. And basically after that, there was a famine in that country. So he started to work on a job with feeding pigs. And I kid you not. He was so hungry that he wanted to eat the pig's food. Wait, but Gabe, why was he hungry? He had so much money. 
Like, why was he hungry if he was so rich with his father's inheritance? Because uh, the money ran out. Oh. The money ran out. There was a famine. No. He no more money. I mean, oh man, that that just it. He was so hungry. He went, got a job. He fed pigs, and he wanted to eat from the pigs. Like that's disgusting. And then he got this awesome idea of like going back to his dad and being like, Dad, I am so sorry. I am unworthy of being your son. Dad saw him walking towards him. He ran after him and started kissing him and hugging him. And he told his servants to basically give him the best rope he had and to kill the biggest calf they had. He says... For this son of mine was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. He was lost in adultery. He was lost in sexual desire. He was lost mentally. And the father just didn't care. He welcomed him with open arms. Dude. What a great story. What a fantastic story. And, and <clears throat> I, th- I think this is cool because of if you read this in the Bible, chapter 15, uh, the reason why Jesus is even talking about this, because the one that told this whole story, this parable is was Jesus himself. And he told the story in response to the tax collectors coming over to him and basically just reprimanding him for hanging out with sinners. Like, how can you be hanging out with sinners? You're supposed to be this righteous man. And, you know, the Pharisees were all high and mighty. They were like, we're the good, we're, we're the righteous people. We can't hang out with sinners. But um, Jesus' whole point of coming to the earth was for the sinners. And so Jesus told three parables. And this was the last one. Well, the first was the parable of the lost sheep that uh, a, lot of, a lot of people are familiar with, that he left the 99 sheep for the one sheep that was lost. Second one was about a lost coin, talking yeah. about basically this woman found or she had lost this very valuable coin that she loved and she looked all over the house for it. And when she finally found it, she just rejoiced and told all of her friends, I found my coin. And then the third one, and which is the longest one is the parable of the lost son or the prodigal son. And -hmm. that's the one that we just talked about. So why do you guys think that he answered the Pharisees with just these stories? I mean, it shows like it shows like how much we've done against God, but how how loving he is and how forgiving he is whenever we come back to him. If we show that we are truly honest with ourselves and we're like giving a sincere apology, then God will open his arms for us. And uh, so in Matthew, this is also another this is also another lesson that we taught at uh, Camp Choye, but. Uh, in Matthew 9, um, it says, those who are well have no need of a physician, but those who are sick. Go and learn what this means. I desire mercy and not sacrifice, for I came not to call the righteous, but sinners. I love that Bible study. He's yep, call- I remember that. He's calling, he's calling people to be honest with themselves. And I think it's yep. really beautiful. 
Yep. And I, I, that was my favorite Bible studies to give at Camp Choye. It's just so cool. Like Jesus has so many one-liners like to the Pharisees in the Bible that are just like so cool because the Pharisees are causing like all these, they're so worried about stuff. Like, Jesus, how can you do this? And they're being real mean to him. And Jesus will like just shut them up with like one sentence. And they're like, oh, dang, we have no way to respond to this. And that was, that was uh, one of the examples of that. They're like getting mad at him for hanging out with sinners. And like, how can you hang out with sinners? And he was like, hey, it's not the healthy that need a doctor it's the sick and they're yeah. like oh and they got me there <laughs> like dude i guess oh, you're right wow. man um so yeah that's just one thing to remember that jesus was jesus was here for the sick people i mean of course he's here for everybody but especially the sick the sick are the ones who need a doctor mm-hmm. and which is it's sad because i've actually heard like more than one friend they're, they kind of say it in a joking way to kind of kind of keep it from getting awkward and keep it from getting too real but yeah. i think what they're saying is that they're really meaning it but like i'll say something about god and then those or i'll be like invite them to church or something and uh and then they'll just be like huh, oh yeah if i went to church i'd probably catch on fire or if i went to church oh man i probably you know you know i have no reason to be in church because god don't want me there blah blah blah. basically yeah. they just say stuff like you know they're they're too sinful to to go to church and to and to be around christianly people and things like that and it's so sad because like going to church doesn't make you a christian so all the people that are just like i guess dehumanizing it or like calling out the people who are too sinful in quotations by saying don't go to church why, why would you go to church you're yeah and um i i actually put that down in one of my quotes today like going to church doesn't make you a christian and so we, that's right. Yep. We need people. We need people to go to church and learn about how God loves us and how God can transform us. Mm-hmm. Wait. So why would you say? What would you say to the people that are asking why do I need to go to church? What, what's what's the benefits that come from going to church? Why should we go to church? To learn more about the love that God gives you. To learn more about yourself. And to learn more about how you can change the world. And I feel like we're all examples of it. Or at least for me, like, it changed my whole perspective, like, 180, going to church and learning about Jesus, learning about God, learning about everything that was in the Bible. It just, it brought a flame into my heart that I never want to go out. Mm-hmm. It's just incredible. Praise God. Praise mm-hmm. God. Amen. And I guess like I'm learning that like more as I grow more mature in my faith, like more on like, so I've been reading uh, the gospels with one of my mentors and right now we're in Mark. We just finished reading. Uh, we just finished reading Matthew. We just finished reading James. And after Mark, we're going to be going to John, but it's like, it's nice learning it's nice learning new things and going over the old things that I guess we forgot in our heads, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that is true. I think that this story is definitely a great one for the people that feel like they're too far gone to have a relationship with God. It can kind of get more simple, simplified if you kind of think of it, of God as just your regular earthly father for a moment. Like, mm-hmm you can feel like you've disappointed your parents to a point where they might feel different about you or they might not love you. Like if, 
if your parents were to find out about every single bad thing that you've done, every single sinful thing that you've done, then there's a fear that they might feel different about you. And I feel like that's a very similar thing with our relationship with God is, you know, sometimes we feel like we're too far gone and he feels different about us. And that actually creates a wall because we can actually get scared to come to God and to apologize because we don't even want to, we're scared to even be in his presence. We're scared to even go to him because we're like, nope, I've done too much. I'm ashamed. This is a good verse that from the story itself that I really like. It said, for this son of mine was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. So they began to celebrate. And this is actually how the Bible describes God and the angels reacting whenever somebody gets saved. It describes heaven as rejoicing and celebrating. And that's just so cool because mm. a lot of people have this thought of they're just of shame. Shame can play a big role in not having a relationship with God. A lot of people can feel just so bad and so down about themselves and they don't feel worthy enough to come to God because of how sinful their life has been. A lot of people feel like they have to be at a certain level of righteousness before they can start that relationship with God. And that's so sad because that's not how the Bible describes it. And that's actually one of the devil's biggest tools, biggest lies that he tells people to keep them from having relationships with God, saying that you are way too far gone. So don't even try it. Mm -hmm. Do you really think that God is going to... <laughs> Except with with open arms, you are not at the level that you need to be yet to be able to start that relationship. But yeah, I just love that Jesus put these parables in the Bible that we can look at because he describes what it actually is like whenever somebody comes to God. It's not God doesn't treat them with shame. He treats them with open arms. And it's just so great. And the cool thing about the, the book of Luke is it talks about Jesus healing all these people. Like that's one of like the main points of Luke is like it reveals all these healings. And it shows like how much God truly loves us and how much he's he, He's willing to do for us, even though we put him down on the pedestal sometimes. But whenever we, we whenever we come back to him, he's ready to fix us and he's ready to show his love. Yep. I, think I think that's really beautiful. And that's so cool. I yeah. love the way that you described that, that he's ready to fix us, because like that is until you experience what it feels like to be fixed by God. Like it's, it's hard to describe, but it is such a great feeling. They like, like he really does fix people. And that's one of the most attractive parts about being a Christian is that, is that like, once you start that relationship, like you will change from the inside and you won't really even necessarily have a choice about it. You make that decision to follow God and he's just going to work in your heart and you're going to just start changing. That's so beautiful. And, you know, mm -hmm. like I, all of us, all of us has experienced that. All of us have experienced oh, yeah. God's love change us to become better people. Oh, yeah. I, do I have yeah. time to give to, to give my testimony? I feel like this is the perfect episode to kind of give my testimony because I really resonate with with the prodigal son. Dude, Christian, spill like it. I am. Spill it. So I didn't always know God. I've only I've, I've only actually had a relationship with God for five years now, I'd say uh, maybe six. But. So here's my story. So whenever I was a kid, my mom had me super, super young. And since she had me so young, she had to work really, really hard to kind of make a living for us. And eventually she needed help from her parents, from my grandparents. So whenever I was a kid, we moved in with my grandparents. And that is where the start of my story with God comes because my grandparents are such wonderful Christian people. And living in that household was just such a wonderful and joyful part of my childhood. The way they spoke about God every day, the way that 
we just laughed all the time and and we they took me to church every week and they taught me about God every single night my grandpa would come into my bedroom before I went to sleep and he would tell me Bible stories so I learned about God I had such a wonderful experience in a godly home and it was great but eventually my mom had to find someone to marry and she did and whenever she did we had to move in with the guy far, far away from my grandparents. So we moved from South Carolina to North Carolina. And whenever we did, when we moved away from my grandparents, it was kind of like we moved away from God as well. Mm. God wasn't talked about in the new home that I was in. We went to church on some Sundays. That was the extent of our Christian life. And so I was really just falling away from God and I didn't even really notice it. And this was during the time of my life where, you know, I was hitting puberty and I was going to a new school and I wasn't really accepted that great at my new school. And so I felt lonely and that loneliness turned into social isolation because mm -hmm. I was scared to go out and make new friends because I wasn't having good experiences with it. And then that social isolation turned into social awkwardness. I totally lost my social skills. And that really bothered me because of how socially equipped I was living with my grandparents. And so I felt really lonely. And I said, you know what? I'll just be like the popular kids. I'll just look at what they do. They seem to have a good social life. I'll just do what they do. And with that goal, that got me involved with a lot of things I shouldn't have gotten involved in. So I'm at this point, I'm in middle school and I have no desire to follow God and I'm only trying to do what the popular kids are doing. I'm trying to get involved with all this stuff and I just kept getting farther and farther away from God. And sometimes what God will allow us to do is put ourselves in such a deep, dark hole that we feel like we have no choice but to come to him. And that's what he did for me. I ran away from God and I put myself in this deep, deep, dark hole with all the decisions I was making. I felt hopeless. I felt lonely. I felt just incredibly socially awkward. I had no confidence in myself and I needed a change. And finally, my junior year of high school, I remember it so vividly after so many things went wrong. I just was at my lowest point. I remembered my childhood with my grandparents and how wonderful that felt. I wanted to get back to that. I said, what was different about my childhood? With them? Why was, why was that such a happy time? And I came to the conclusion that the only difference was that they had God in their house, that God was the center. And so I closed the door to my bedroom, got down on my knees and I made the most honest prayer to God that I ever did at that time. I was just like, I just laid it all out. I was like, God, my life is awful. I'm so sad. I said, God, here's what I'll do. I'm so desperate for a change that I will get rid of all of the bad things in my life. I will stop going to these parties. I will stop doing this. I'll stop doing that. I was like, I'll even get rid of all the friends that I have if I need to. I will be a Christian first. I will start following you first. I was like, but God, I need you to change my life. I need you to show me that this is a decision that you are approving of. And 
that's the first time in my life where I really felt the presence of God. And it was so overwhelming. Like it was just this, this really intense rush of emotion that went through my whole body. And I started crying and that gave me a lot of hope for the future. And thing is, that's where I started my relationship with God. That's where I I was saved. I didn't really realize that at the time. I, I was just like, okay, I'll just give God a shot. But the next day, I just felt way more joyful. Just, just okay, just feel really, really happy. And um, throughout time, he, I started making way better friends, and I was being better at being social. And he was just taking away all of the negative desires that I had, and he was working at me from the inside. And I think I can speak for all of us whenever I say it's such an incredible feeling whenever you look back at the way your life was before you had God in your life and where it is now. So that's kind of my testimony. I just fell away from God completely. My life was going nowhere. And then right whenever I've made that decision to follow God, now all these wonderful things are taking place in my life and he's working at me from the inside. And that's just great. That's so beautiful, Dalton. Dude, like an the Holy Spirit was speaking to you <laughs> through <laughs> you, through you. And like, like what you said, like taking back, like looking at how far you've come from where you were. It's very beautiful. And like seeing like how far, how, how much we've grown in the, in the past months, like realizing that it's very beautiful. It's very beautiful. And God showing us his love is so amazing and dude i i love i love having those prayers in the car talking to god by yourself like dude, that's the you pray in your car too i do dude, that's the best spot it man every day. it's 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 the time whenever you're the most real mm -hmm. there's nobody else around you're just surrounded by four walls that are so far away from everybody else and you just spend that quality time with god without worrying about anybody listening Exactly. And the cool, so, it's so good. The cool thing about your story and what I'm going to be talking about is how your prayer worked. Yeah. Were yeah. No, I mean, like, listen, like, seriously, I look back, I look where I am now and where I was before I knew God. I mean, before I knew God, I would never have went on stage and sang for a church. I would have, I just went to church and I was just completely quiet. Just so scared of what other people thought. And now that I have a relationship with Christ, like he's given me the confidence to do things like singing on stage for a church, like leading Bible studies. I'm doing that now. That was a tour guide. Like, I mean, all these things that I, he's just changed me from the inside and I'm just a completely different person now. And he's given me courage to actually follow him and not be the, the shy, scared person that I once was. And what you have there is faith. And, and James, uh, and James, the first chapter of James, it talks about testing your faith. And whenever you have a prayer and whenever you believe in that prayer, whenever you fully 100% know that God's going to answer your prayer, it works out for you. God wants to take care of his children. All we have yeah, God is never going to be like listening to a prayer and just be like, no, nah, this prayer doesn't matter. He takes care of all the prayers all around the world. Like, it doesn't matter how big, how small. If it's just about your pet or anything, like, if you put it into God's hands, he'll work through it. Well, there is a limit, too. You can't just pray for anything. Like, God, I just want to pray for success with that bank robbing that I got planned. 
<laughs> but I mean, we yeah. can we can be confident that if we pray a prayer that is obviously within the bounds of of what God would deem appropriate, yes, it is going to be answered. And that's maybe, we'll, maybe he, we'll do an episode on just on prayer one day because I, I think that's, that would be good. And the thing and his answers are so simple. It's yes, no, or wait. Yes, exactly. I like that. And and the thing is, is like whenever we pray, like if it's in God's will, happen. So that's something we don't have to worry about. Like if if we're going through a tough time or whenever we're like thinking like, dang, why won't this happen? We have to know that it's in God's will. Like this is this is his plan. We have something so much better in the future. We just have to wait it out and then we'll realize what we went through and like how we have improved. Yeah. And speaking of that, this verse today really encouraged me with something I'm going through, but it just says, you do not realize what I'm doing now, but later you will understand, which is just a really, really good verse to remember whenever you're waiting for something for God to, to answer it. It's like, you don't realize what I'm doing now, but you will understand later. That's very good, Dalton. Very good. Yeah. So who's the person that y'all love the most? Marcus, you go first. Oh my gosh, people people are listening. My family's listening. I can't just, okay. I can't. I oh, can't by the way, by out. the way, my my mom was listening to the podcast. So shout out to my mom. <laughs> shout, shout out to Gabe's mom. So that's that's a great question. And I I love I love everyone who has impacted my life. Uh, I'm gonna give a special shout out to a guy named Mr. Mike. He has been in my life since fifth grade. He was the one that showed me who God was and he has influenced me along the way. And, you know, we all make mistakes and we all, we all do things that make us stumble. But Mr. Mike has always like been in the sidelines saying, God's on your side. God's with you. Keep going. No matter, no matter how low you are, go to God and he'll pick you up. And so Mr. Mike is a homie. If you're listening to this, I love you, man. Way to go, Mr. Mike. Woo. Yeah, having a spiritual leader is amazing. Mm-hmm. What about you? spiritual leader, Gabe? Who would you a spiritual say? leader? Mm-hmm. Who's somebody that's impacted you really, really well whenever it comes to your relationship with God? Really well? Well, in Chi Alpha, my small group leader, Sam Jones. I know Sam you're Jones. listening. So, Sammy. I mean, he's been amazing throughout this semester. He's been guiding me, and it's just amazing how God works through him and how he teaches me what to do and what not to do based on his experiences. It's just something out of this world, and I thank him for it. I thank him for teaching me about the gospel more and more often. And yeah, shout out, Sam. Dude, Sam. Sam. Sam, you are a goat for guiding Gabe. Teaching teaching college students and in college ministry, it's very hard. And, you know, you stepping up and taking control, it's very So be- important, too. It's very beautiful. And so important. It shows, like, how selfless you are. So praise you. <laughs> and he was the one that... I'm taking this course to come out and become a small group leader. 
next year. And it's all because of him. It's all because of Sam Jones. Heck yeah. But anyways, Dalton, who's the person that you love the most? Well, okay, I'm not gonna say the person I love the most because that's um I got I got family listening and things like that. I'm not about to offend no one, but okay, I will say but the like... person I will say the person that has impacted my relationship with God the most. It's got to be like no question about it. My grandparents, Trish Tuning and Lawrence Tuning, um, I call them Mima and Big Pop. Like I yeah. said in my in my testimony, I mean just living with two Christians that are really going after God, and they really showed me the most attractive parts of Christianity. They didn't just tell me about God living with them and seeing their lives and how much, how joyful their lives were. was very attractive to me. And they've really been the two people that have impacted my relationship with God the most. And uh, yeah. So if y'all are listening or when y'all listen, cause y'all said that y'all are going to be real excited for this next episode dropping. Um, thank you guys. I seriously, have no idea where I would be with my relationship with God right now if it was not for the two of y'all. Does Big Paul is he he plays music, right? Yes. Yes. So my grandpa, my big pa, he's got a, he's got an interesting music career. He does songwriting and one song in particular that got a lot of attention that's got really popular was uh, The Anchor Holds. Uh he wrote that Ray Bolts, who was a uh, a popular singer back in the day for Christian music, he recorded it. It got him a gold record. Somebody sang on, on American Idol. And if you look it up on Apple Music, there's just cover after cover after cover of this song. And it was like number one on the Christian charge for like a few months, I believe. So he, he was able to he was able to write more than one song that really impacted people's lives. And and the cool thing about uh being musicians and instruments in general is like it's a form of worship. It's definitely a form of worship. Whenever, whenever you are playing instruments and whenever you're playing music to to God, you're showing how appreciative you are of Him. And so it's very beautiful that your grandfather. You know, it's really cool that your grandfather's a musician. My mm-hmm. my mom and my stepdad they're uh, they're bluegrass musicians, so they they do some tours or whatever. It's really cool. But anyway, it's not the point. It's really cool that your grandfather plays, man. Oh yeah, oh yeah, really cool. And I could go on and on and on about it, but maybe for another for another episode. Hey, we might invite him on the show one week. Ooh, that we, I know, I know. We could. Uh, he's got his own podcast called "Me and My Eighty Eight Friends," so we could have a little "Me and My Eighty Eight Friends" and "Among Us of Christ" or "Among Among Us." Among Us, <laughs> Among Us, Aroma, Aroma of Christ collaboration one day. And the cool thing about um, the 88 friends is so the 88 going back to instruments, <laughs> yeah. going, going to the 88, 88 friends. That's like how many keys are on the piano. Yep. That's mm. the, that, that's the whole point of that song. So he actually wrote a song called me and my 88 friends. I'm about to go off on a tangent. I need to stop. But, um, he actually wrote a song called me and my 88 friends referring to the 88 keys on a piano. Cause my grandpa's a pianist. So, and what is something that y'all love doing? Just anything that we love doing? Anything. I've I've recently gotten to reading. Uh, I have been reading a book called Praying Like Monks, Living Like Fools. It sounds pagan, but it's not. <laughs> it's just... <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> You're going to be a monk, man? You're going to shave all that red hair off and you already live bald? <laughs> you already hey. know. Live in a monastery, have robes. I can't imagine you, Marcus, being a monk, dude. Like, having just these big obnoxious robes having your hands tucked inside of them 
Yeah, living in Tebe. Greetings. So, I mean, like, I did cut my hair. Like, y'all can't see, but... You got a good haircut, but man. Not... But it's still floofy, Doug. Yeah, it's, yeah. Still, it's still floofy, but the reason why I did cut my hair is because I felt like I was putting more effort into that than I was into the word. It sounds weird, but... <laughs> yeah. It's, it sounds weird, but it's I got like... You. It's like having an having an identity in my hair, mm. people knowing me for my hair instead of me being a Christian. And so, I prayed about it yesterday, and God answered and was like, "Cut your hair." <laughs> and so, yeah. But anyways, <laughs> praying like monks, living like fools, is a book about prayer, and I totally recommend it. It's by a pastor named Tyler. Uh, but yeah. I was just, sorry. I was just had a thought a funny thought of uh what if samson in the bible used that excuse whenever he went up to heaven <laughs> his hair like, no god she had nothing to do with it i just i was just really distracted by my hair and i couldn't stay in the word with you man <laughs> that would be so sorry funny. god <laughs> i was getting in the way of my relationship with you god you understand whoops but yeah the reason that i asked you all this is because well first of all the first question who you love the most. I mean, yeah, y'all did ask, you didn't say like someone religious, someone that got you towards Christ. But the end goal is to love God, like to be the oh, top. Oh, you got me. No. Dog. Yeah. No. Love God above all else, above your girlfriend, future wife, children, anyone. You have to love God before you love anyone else. If that is that's if that's not the answer, then your whole world is gonna fall apart. Dude, you're sounding then, like, that was the answer. Yeah. That that was the real answer. I wasn't thinking about that. No. You're you're sounding then, like, you're sounding like, me, man. Youth. <laughs> you're like me youth. That's funny. And then the second question was what you love doing. And yeah, you gave me valid answers, like reading about Christianity and basically being with God. And yeah, that's, we that's got what that we relationship should... locked down, dog. That's what we, we are in it, dude. The Holy Spirit's got a hold of us, dog. We should love praying. We should love worshiping. We should love going to church like every Sunday, like just being one with God. And talking to him, we should love doing that. Mm -hmm. We are yeah, yeah. saved by grace through faith, but without works, it's dead. Yo. Yes, amen. That's right. Well, yeah, that's basically it. And I would like to leave you all with a, with a Bible verse, Luke 18, 19 to 30, 29 to 30, my bad, which says, Truly I tell you, no one who has left home or wife or brother or sister or parent or children for the sake of the kingdom of God will fail to receive many times as much in this age and in the age to come to eternal life. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Thank you so much, Gabe, for leading us with the story and talking about forgiveness. Tune in for next episode as we will be talking about something very, very interesting. Thought you were listening ASMR. to the podcast, but you're really listening to ASMR. This is the sound of my 
Celsius can being fiddled with. Is it uh. soothing? <laughs>